Yeah, right? <laughs> thanks, Colby. Man, appreciate that. Good start. Uh, hey, thanks again so much for being here, guys. Uh, if you're a guest with us, you're just back for the first time in a long time. Generally, what we like to do during this portion of the service is take a book of the Bible or a topic that seems relevant. We spend a few weeks exploring what God has to say about those things, and we call them a sermon series. In the past five weeks, we've been in this message series called Adulting. And really, the premise for the whole series is that we've been trying to learn how to grow up, not just grow old. That there's a whole variety of areas of your life that you need to grow up in, spiritually and otherwise. And the entire series was taken from a passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 13. Paul's writing a letter, and he says, hey, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became an adult... I gave up childish ways. And so these few weeks together, we've been trying to learn how to give up some childish ways in our lives. And what I thought would be helpful for us to do as we close out the series today, uh, instead of hearing specifically from me, I thought we'd have a conversation with Laura and kind of recap everything that we've talked about. And so what I did is I pulled a number of you and just said, hey, if you were going to take Laura and I out for coffee, which first of all, you went by Laura Coffee, okay? She's a hot cocoa girl, yep. so don't don't get us coffee, uh, or give me a coffee, get her some. But if you would take us out, like, and ask us some questions, we wouldn't say, okay, hold on, and then go prepare a sermon, and then we wouldn't preach at you. We would have a conversation with you, and so I thought we should maybe have a conversation about some of these things that we talked about, and get Laura's perspective because she's got a good perspective on some things, and overwhelming the top consensus vote getter as far as question. Like I said, hey, I went to a number of you said, hey, if you could ask Laura any question, what would you ask her? Overwhelming. Number one question, how do you stay married to Landon? <laughs> that was Good hurtful, like more than anything. That was not helpful. That's mean. Uh, but so <laughs> the other question I got between services was, what's up with your shirt? Oh, we're world champions. So under my tenure here, <laughs> we have seen the Royals win a World Series it's true. and the Chiefs win a World Championship. Could be coincidence. Could not. Could not. I feel like it's a good time to say how he was like, hey, if you want to go get something, I have some, like, there's some money in the budget for new clothing. I didn't go buy anything. He sure did, though. <laughs> but if you know Landon, that makes sense, right? That's fair. Hey, <laughs> listen, you do what you got to do. I'm going to do what I got to do. Uh, so, that being said, uh-huh. yeah. question number one. Okay. Most people don't realize that you have a master's degree in social work and that you had a full-time career and uh, had meetings and laundry and did supper and you were pregnant and I had a business and you'd come from work to volleyball practice to the shop and we'd be screen printing t-shirts mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people had the question well how do you find balance and so i thought well you know you had ended up having to give up a career uh when we planted the church and so maybe uh now you could maybe speak into some balance from that and then also from when you were working 80 hours a week and trying to find balance okay yeah um well, you know, that was a while ago. And so I was a lot younger. I didn't have any kids, so that definitely helped. Um, but I'm very task-driven. Um, and so I like to have lists, and I 
don't like to usually procrastinate. So that really helped probably keep me afloat during that time. Um, I, I, br- I bring up my spiritual life at that point because, I, I mean, I think, um, you know, God really helps you to balance life. And at this point, I was not, you know, however many years ago that was, I wouldn't say I was very healthy with the way I was managing life because I was trying to control everything myself and do everything, and that caused a lot of probably bitterness towards my husband and, and other situations. So um, it really wasn't until God brought us here and, and the church plant that then, yes, I, I stopped working and just God really just helped me to see that my priorities needed to change and how I needed to relinquish that control I thought I had over to him. But um, so I think now balancing is really just making sure you and I are on the same page with um, things and just understanding that sacrifices have to be made at times. Um, you know, when we started church, like I wasn't working, so financially um, we just had to adjust some things. And, you know, I think there's times we have to wait and there's times we have to say no and that's okay. Um, another kind of balancing thing for me is just really understanding that I need to grow my relationships with um, the Lord most importantly and then just with the people that I do life with and, and you know, my family. Um, but I think practically just routine is super important. I know everybody knows that. So routine is big. And then just understanding that there are going to be seasons for everything. So what you might not be able to do right now doesn't mean you don't ever get to do it. So just be patient in kind of that yeah. piece of it. So That's good. Uh, so what about spiritually? How do you find balance between all those things that you have to do as mom and wife and everything else that you're doing and you work part-time for a while too so for up until yeah uh so how do you find balance spiritually uh, i would say i try to start every morning with uh the bible recap plan so i'm going to put a plug in for there I, I don't know if you guys all have the bible app but there's um, a phenomenal plan in there and it's you're reading through the bible in a year and it's chronologically and then there's a little podcast with it and i am just really treasuring that time um with the Lord, and it's usually like 15, 20 minutes. So if you are not sure where to start in reading your Bible and you just feel like you've always struggled with, you know, making that a routine, that is a great place to start. So it's, it's really good. Um, I also do Bible study fellowship, which is a weekly Bible study. Um, they kind of have them across Wichita. There's a men's group, a women's group. And um, I just... I go, and the women I, that are in my group, like, it's all ages, and it's all women in different um, walks of life, and so I've just really valued that, and you really dive into the Word. Um, it's a pretty deep um, Bible study, so that, and, like, small group, you know, in terms of when I do these things is usually during nap time for Lenny. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you just, I, I have that kind of routine set for me. Prayer time is probably, you know, really honest, where I struggle the most. Uh, prayer has always been really hard for me. I do that whole game like, he knows what I'm thinking, so why do I have to say it? And I don't know. But the 10-minute out loud tip that you had given, uh, like, a, a first of January, that was really helpful for me. And um, just, again, when you are saying things out loud, you're, you're, you're way more intentional about it. And um, so I felt like that was, that's been really good. I haven't been very inconsistent with it. Need to work on that. But I just find when God puts something on my heart, whether I'm, I'm driving a lot, that's when it happens, or doing dishes, I just pray at that moment for whoever has popped into my head. And again, nothing sh- like 
profound probably and nothing long, but just um, whatever God's put on my heart. So, yeah. Yeah. Question for you? Sweet. All right. We live in a culture where everybody is showing each other their highlight reels on social media. Now, we talked a little bit about social media a couple weeks ago with Tanner, but um, how do you use social media? Along with that, how do you avoid comparison? Are there things that you should avoid? And somebody also asked, should you follow ex-boyfriends or girlfriends? Or old girlfriends? Snap. Boyfriends and girlfriends. Well, let's start with the first thing. Mm -hmm. How do you avoid comparison on social media? I don't use social media. So that's how I avoid comparison. But that's probably not necessarily the best thing either. So uh, that aside, I would give you the advice, whether you're on social media or not, like celebrate other people. Mm -hmm. Like just be happy that they got to do something cool and you don't have to. Like you don't need to compare your life to theirs. I mean, just learn how to celebrate other people and understand that what's important to them might not be important to you. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, you have no idea how many pictures it took for them to get that one right, you know? I mean, it like could have been 30 and they're, everybody's screaming at each other. And like you said, it's just a highlight reel. And so there's no need for you to always compare that uh, to other people. Just be glad for them. Mm-hmm. You know, how about a, just a spirit of um, enjoyment and, you know, being considerate of other people and just, you know, let them live their life. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I said, what's important to them doesn't have to be important to us. You know, there's people on social media that post pictures of stuff like camping, <laughs> you know, and we're like, well, who wants to do that? That sounds terrible. And so like, you we don't, don't need to compare to or cats, you know, like we don't need cat in our life. Like we don't need all that stuff mm-hmm. clogging up our filters and everything else. So, uh, yeah, don't, you don't need to, you don't need to compare Just celebrate, enjoy it. Let you know, use it as a platform just to express how you're feeling. But um, as far as boyfriends and girlfriends go, following old boyfriends and girlfriends, I would lean towards probably not, Mm -hmm. um, especially if you're married or they're married, then I would say absolutely not. There's no reason to. Uh, Again, I would want to ask them the follow-up question of, well, why do you want to? Because mm-hmm. if it's to compare your life to theirs again and say, oh, look how much, I'm so glad we didn't end up with that nerd, you know, like, I mean, so like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise it. I, I've, I, you know, it's people that I've had conversations with are like, well, what if my life leads them to Christ? Well, it didn't happen when you were dating. So, you know mm-hmm. what? And second of all, you're not the one who does that anyway. It's the Holy Spirit who right. does that. And so... Um, to put that on you, I think God's big enough to handle saving somebody's soul without you. And so I, I just, I can't see a whole lot of good coming from that. Furthermore, I think when you get married, like if you guys are married, like we're one. So mm-hmm. why would you want to follow any, anybody that I've dated? That's I don't. Who, this wasn't my question. Yeah, I don't. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. No, I wouldn't oh, recommend. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I, I think forget that old life. Be intentional about the life that you're making right now. Yes. And, and you don't need to, need to compare. So what's your favorite part of marriage? What's the biggest lesson you've learned in marriage? I'm 
obviously pretty easy to be married to, mm-hmm. but it says, what's your biggest struggle and how did you get past it? All right. Um, so I guess, I mean, I, when I, it was funny because when I was practicing this with him, I felt like it was very, I didn't have a lot of positive, but no. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, marriage is hard. And um, I've learned that we as people, we're, we're prideful, we're self-centered. And, and this is why marriage is so difficult because it requires us to be the complete opposite of what we naturally are. So, um, but one thing I felt like, God really showed me in those first few years. I mean, we were pretty honest that our first couple years especially were not good. And, um, you know, I, I've always joked about how I was like, we're not going to, like, this is it. It's going to be him and I, but maybe one of us will die early. I mean, you know, like, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say I didn't have those thoughts, but... So, di- uh, what? so divorce was never an option, but homicide was never taken off. Not homicide, but oh. just like maybe you would get sick and... Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Even better. Terrible. Even it's really better. terrible, but I'm being honest here. But thankfully, we've come a long way. We're on the yeah. other side of that. And But God really showed me that, like, he just really helped me to see that Landon's intentions were good. You know, I knew that Landon loved the Lord, and I knew that Landon wanted to do, you know, what was right. And um, so he was in the same boat as me. We were both just trying to figure it out. So just that perspective change um, was huge. And just understanding, you know, I know his motives and intentions are good. And so, um, yeah. So that was really, really helpful for me. Um, I mean, Renee can attest, my sister, like, it's not that I've got this all figured out, and I'm never upset with him because that's not true, but, um, yeah, so, and I think my favorite part of just marriage, um, to you, obviously, is just when we laugh together, um, that's, when we dated, that was, we had a good time, and we laughed, and so, I was, you know, I think it just gets hard in daily life, and the grind of work, and kids, and so, Sometimes that feels like that doesn't happen as much, but I do treasure those moments. So what about you? Favorite part of marriage? Hanging out. Love it. When we first started dating, no, when we first got married, we uh, bought a Wii Mm -hmm. and played Super Mario on the Wii. That was legit. I love that. (laughs) Um, Then we had kids and... Yeah, that that stopped. So... Uh, you know, I, I, it's not that I don't like people, but I really like you. And so I just prefer to hang out with you at the house, never leave, just sit by the fireplace and play Super Mario. Mm -hmm. So, um, biggest thing I've learned is that communication is the key to a successful marriage Mm -hmm. that you cannot over communicate that you think something is clear in your mind and it is 100% not clear in the other person's mind. And I think people would assume that because I communicate for a living that I'm naturally good at communication and I'm not. <laughs> nope. So, not really. <laughs> so I think that's one of our, our biggest struggles is just making sure that I communicate and make sure we are on the same page moving forward. And if, if you were going to write anything down, I would write this down. All frustration is born out of unmet expectation. Mm -hmm. That's not just for marriage. That's every area of your life. All frustration is born 
out of unmet expectation. You had an expectation in your mind that this was going to play itself out in this way, and then it didn't, and now you're frustrated. And all frustration born out of unmet expectation. And so one of the things I think has helped us just within, you know, we both have these expectations, and if we're not communicating, it's not clear. One of the things that's really helped us just practically is sharing a calendar. Mm -hmm. So we both got iPhones, and so anytime I add something into the calendar, it pops up. And Laura knows what's happening, and same way for her. Like I said, I'm not super outgoing. I'm, I'm fairly introverted, so Laura knows to set me up for success. I need to know that in a week we're going to be going out at this time. And so for her to put that in early, it just helps me mentally prepare for that. And uh, it gives us something to talk about, too, because you can say, hey, how was your meeting with so-and-so? Mm-hmm. That's a lot different than asking, how was your day? Fine. What did you do? Stuff. You know, it's like, no, what did you talk about at lunch with, you know, whoever? So I, that that's a huge, huge thing, um, mm-hmm. I think, for us. And uh, I'm a dreamer, and you're way more practical. And so I just have a ton of stuff happening in my brain all the time. And um, and I don't. Or would it? Well, I, oh. I didn't <laughs> I say that. I mean, I'm just saying that. Just kidding. Practically, it helps, you know, just for us, you know, moving forward. For sure. The other thing that I advise all of our premarital counseling couples in, and the, I think the biggest, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is you have to become an expert mm-hmm. in your spouse's strengths. Yep. Like, you can't constantly think about what they're not doing and what they're not good at. And, you know, when we talk about the first couple of years of marriage, one of the big things that happened to me is I was thinking about all those things, and I felt like God finally said to me, well, how about we work on you? for a little bit. Instead of everything that she's not doing, how about you figure out all the stuff that you're not doing? Mm -hmm. And, you know, start speaking life into your spouse and your friends and your kids. That goes for everything. Speak life into them. Become an expert in their strengths. I referee basketball, and I remember a couple times this happening this year where we're sitting in the locker room before the games, just chatting, trying to get to know one another. Um, And uh, in two instances, I had some, the referee, the head referee starts talking about how he hates his wife and he's glad to get out of the house and she's constantly nagging him and all that. And the other one kind of chimes in, yeah, I'm just f- finally signed my divorce papers and I don't have to worry about that hag anymore. And they kind of look over at me and I'm like, well, that's not my experience at all. You know, my wife's awesome. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> li- listen, I, true story. We've been married 10 years. I don't even know how the dishwasher works. Like, I couldn't even turn it on. And that was maybe an indictment on me. I mean, I've hand-washed some stuff before. It's not often. I'm not saying it's often, but I'm just saying, like, like you do everything to manage the house. The laundry, and, like, I, I don't have to take, I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. I know when I come home, that stuff's going to be done. And if, if you need me to, I mean, in fairness, you'll say, hey, can you do this? And generally, I hope I try and get it done. I mean, I don't you know. do. But yeah. so anyway, speak life, mm-hmm. find their strengths, start encouraging their strengths, forget about what they're weak in. They'll, they know what they're weak in. You mm-hmm. don't have to tell them that stuff. So, uh, yeah. Parenting. There's some people out here with kids. Mm-hmm. In fairness, our kids are young, so we might be horrible parents. And we just don't know it yet. <laughs> Solid point. But some people asked if we have any tips for parenting. One of the specific questions somebody asked me is, should your kids sleep in the same bed as you? 
All right. You go first. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not going to at all pretend like I've got this one handled <laughs> because I don't. Um, but I think the biggest lesson that I've learned with um, parenting is just my need for Jesus every single day of my life. Uh, I never knew that I had a temper until I had uh, multiple children. So I laugh because I think Leighton, you know, I was a good mom for about two and a half years. <laughs> and then I had another kid. And then apparently my temper came as well. So, but I think my biggest takeaways from parenting, and I know that these you might think are like church answers, or answers, but really like I... I've just had to be very intentional about my relationship with God because I need his wisdom, I need his patience and his forgiveness. Um, And I really think it's important to have people that you can do life with. Um, And I'm very fortunate that I have a lot of people that can encourage me or just, you know, listen to me. Like, yeah, I know, my kids are crazy too. Like, uh, you know, it's just, it's good to have those kinds of people. But, um, and in terms of the bed... I don't, you know, I I think that's just however, you know, you want to deal with it as a parent. But I know for us and me especially, it's a no because I absolutely hate being touched while I'm sleeping. Like, so, and of course the kids, if they, the like less than five times it's ever happened, you know, they're always like next to me. He's fine. They're never near him. It's just right. So, um, I just, if they're sick, they're on the floor beside me kind of a thing. And, and we have a king-size bed, and even there's times that I'm like, get over. Like, there's a line, and you're crossed it. So my answer is no. 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 What about you? What's your wisdom on this one? Oh, I've, I've said no, too. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's nothing biblically that prohibits it. But, like, when do you, like... Yeah, we get it. Yeah. You want me to like? No. Okay. Don't want. So you. like that was that's a negative, you know. So like I don't see a whole lot of positives. I guess is where I'm going with that. So uh, again, nothing that would prohibit it biblically, but I guess like what's your heart behind it too? Because what I what I you know uh, wrote down is that child-centered homes produce non-centered marriages. Mm-hmm. So. If the only thing you're doing is thinking about your kids in that, you know, I've seen a lot of empty nesters with empty marriages. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you make your marriage all about your kids for that long, when your kids leave, then what do you got? So I'd be much more asking the question is, hey, is this helping? And if you and your spouses are cool with it, then I would say, you know, maybe, maybe cool with it. But tips for parenting, I would say one of the I'll start with the second greatest lesson. The second greatest thing that you can teach your kids is the word wait. Mm-hmm. That um, in the culture that we live in, everything right now is instant gratification. Right now, you know, they can stream a video. They don't know the struggle of the, the rewinder, the Be Kind Rewind, yeah, right. and the VHS. Like, they don't have to worry. Mm-hmm. They can just go right to whatever. And so I would say teach them to wait. Um, you know, even with our kids right now, if they get birthday money or Christmas money, we make them give 10% to the church. Um, they have to save 10%. So we have a log that we say, we, we've shown how much they say, then they can spend their 80% on whatever they want. And there's been times where they've learned the hard way that, oh man, I wish I wouldn't have spent my money on this because now this is. And so mm-hmm. I think the great, one of the greatest things that you can teach your kid is the definition of weight um, I think the other thing that you should really teach your kids is, and, and what you can give their, your kids, give them an excitement for what marriage and work look like. Mm-hmm. 
Like in the world today, nobody is teaching your kids that marriage is something they should strive for. That it's amazing. That it's fun. That it's something you should want in life. You should desire a spouse. Teach them that marriage is... Like, I, I want to get better at that. I want to gross my kids out by how much I love you. And, uh, like, give them a picture of, hey, this is how marriage should be and what it should look like. And work. I want my kids to know what it means to work. That... Mm-hmm. And work should be, like, God created you for a reason. And there is a plan and a purpose for your life. And the earlier you can discover that, the easier your life's going to be. Because you're going to be doing what God wants you to do. He's going to be blessing that. And I want my kids to be excited about marriage, to be excited about working, and to be excited about having, having a family. Um, bar none, hear me when I say the greatest gift you can give your kids is a desire and a love for the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing that you can give your children is an understanding that Jesus loves them no matter what. Mm-hmm. That it, no matter what they do, they can always go to Jesus and he will always forgive them. And I hate it when people are like, uh, you don't want to do that. That's going to make God mad. Like, yeah, God doesn't appreciate it when we sin. It's why he had to send his son Jesus. But God loves you mm-hmm. no matter what. Yep. And you can always go to him for forgiveness. I remember being as a kid, and we had this lady in, in our church, and she taught Sunday school, and she would always say stuff like, don't put anything on top of your Bible. Like, if you put a cup on top of your Bible, this is God's holy book. And she'd say stuff like, don't you want to go to heaven? And it's like, I don't know. Are you going to be there? Because... <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of out on that. If that's like I'd take my chances somewhere else. If that, and I do not ever want that to be my kid's story. Yeah. I want New Anthem to church. It's going to be way more like a party than a funeral because we have something to celebrate, yep. and we can celebrate Jesus every single week. And when they go back there, they're going to learn about Jesus. And every night when I tuck my kids in and pray for them, I say, God. Uh, make Leighton a strong, courageous Christian man that loves you his whole life. Mm-hmm. And same thing for Lana. And uh, Lenny. Huh? And Lenny. Yeah, we got yep. third one now. <laughs> so, I had to switch from man to man to zone. But, uh, so, yeah. I think I made myself clear on that, didn't I? Yeah. Okay, next question. What is the right age to start dating? Should you date somebody who's not a Christian? And what if I'm married to somebody who isn't a Christian? Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Dating. My kids can't date until they're 35. So uh, that is that. Um, what, well, what's the point of dating? What do you say? What's the point of dating? To get married, find a spouse. To get married. 100%. Mm-hmm. So if marriage isn't on the very near horizon, then I don't think you need to date. So, young people, the point of dating is not to have good dates, is not to figure out uh, if you're sexually compatible. You know, you know how I knew we were sexually compatible? Because you're a girl. Glad that's all I needed. And I'm a guy. (laughs) And so I knew how that whole thing worked, and I just figured it would work. And so, like, that's not the point of dating. The point of dating is to discover your spouse and figure out what's written on their heart. Mm -hmm. And infatuation will blind you to a lot. And so you need to have a mechanism in place to discover 
what's actually written on that person's heart. Because, I mean, we, we lie. We're good at lying. I'm good at lying. You're good at lying. Uh, you remember what you ordered the first time we ever went out on a date? You ordered a salad. Yep. Well, you've never had a salad since. Like, I've never been here. I know. Like, you're trying to trick it's, people. You don't even like salad. It's true. And so you need, a, you need a way to discover those things. And I think the primary way you can discover that is in church. You know, mm-hmm. God said where your treasure is, there your heart's going to be also. So see how they spend their money. Mm-hmm. Do they give their money to God? God says, you're robbing me if you don't. Are they generous? Um, you know, Start looking towards some of those things. Uh, you know, build a friendship, I would say. First, like, if, you're, if you don't think marriage is on the distant horizon, then go out with a bunch of people and go have fun with the opposite sex. There's nothing wrong with that. Go do what you do. I mean, bowling or I don't know what do young kids do anymore. Roller skating, is that still a no, thing? No, I don't think so. I don't know. What <laughs> movies, something, eat. Um, but go out with a bunch of people. Don't make it just you and you. Don't put yourself in those situations, I would say. What was the marriage question? Should you... Um, what if... Well, should you date somebody who's not a Christian and no. not married to somebody? Okay, yeah. Definitely don't date somebody who's not a Christian because what, what do you have in common at that point? You know, Jesus should be the point of your entire life. How you spend your money, how you view your purpose, what you're going to do in life, family. And so, no, don't... The Bible calls that unequally yoked. So... If you're married to somebody who's not, I'll let, I'll let you answer that, and then I'll, I'll come. Give me a give me a second to think about what do you say? Should you be married to somebody who's not? Well, yeah, I mean, I think marriage. Well, okay. So let me just let me just do my notes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's probably dating. Better. Dating. Um, I mean, I think just like what you said in terms of dating and finding a spouse probably just need to wait till you're older um if you so know someone who's not a christian then i definitely think the answer is no um you're not going to magically fix somebody um you know kind of what i even said with marriage marriage it's hard enough even as believers so um doing that with somebody who's not is that's tough um, but I think, you know, somebody that you care about and you know that you probably shouldn't be dating them, you can pray for them. And, you know, maybe maybe they find the Lord. So, um, and in terms of marriage, uh, I, you know, what I think is amazing is we have a par- powerful God that we serve. So um, he loves you and he loves that other person just as much as you, even if they are struggling and whatever. So I think um, the scripture pa- passage that I went to is First Peter 3, 1, where it says, Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe in the word, they may be won, with, won over without words by the believer of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. So if you find yourself in a marriage with a non-believer, I think, you know, praying for them, love them, demonstrating Christ. Yeah. But, I mean, I know there's more to that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's grounds for divorce by any means, especially if you get saved later in life. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because we shared this first. My parents, my dad didn't go to church with my mom for 18 months. By the time, she, you know, she went, brought us kids with her. 18 months later, I believe my dad got saved and baptized, if I'm remembering the story right. They, you'll have to ask him all that. So her living led to him led to me being a pastor right so you think about that so in your own life 
Um, you have no idea what God's going to do, I guess is my point. Um, so yeah, pray for them. It, now, there's certain instances where you m- maybe divorce it needs to, to be an option. Uh, you know, if there's abuse in the, mm-hmm. in the relationship or something like that. Bad decision making, try and get help as much as you can. But yeah, some, sometimes it's good maybe to even split up or, or whatever. So uh, I'd, I'd probably want to have more conversations with somebody, you know, who, whoever is asking that question, should I stay married? I'd want to have more conversations with them and kind of hear where they're both at. Um, but I, I know marriage uh, is going to, it doesn't fix bad habits, it reveals them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's an element of that that you've got to understand that, you know, shining a light on these things reveals it more than it's going to fix it. So, um, yeah. What about living together? Should you live together before you're married? Uh, No. Um, I lived with your parents while we were engaged. Uh, But what I I appreciate about this, too, is it's not just a God thing. Um, If you Google it, the statistics will tell you that living together does not help the marriage. In fact, it's the opposite. It's basically shooting yourself in the foot. So you're way more likely to get divorced if you do. Um, Now, kind of back to God, the forbidden fruit before you're married is each other. And, you know, we talk... I know a lot of times, especially when we're younger, we feel like there's all these rules that God has in place, but um, these rules are to benefit us. So, you know, I think, you know, one of the things Landon always says is God's not trying to keep anything from you. So if you just really trust God in that and what might not seem right or everybody else is doing it, I promise you God's going to bless you through that. Um, And, you know, one of the fun parts of waiting to live together was then I got to you know, Landon likes to do these little things like he leaves the drawers just out, like not pushed in all the way. And and then he finally admitted after a few years of marriage, like he would do it just to irritate me, which then I'm like, that's what? even worse. <laughs> but, you know, you those are all the things you get to explore when you're finally married. Yeah. Wouldn't along you, with all the other good stuff. Wouldn't you miss that? Like if it's, I was not doing that? No, and like I feel that? like you're doing it again with our dress. No, no, I'm not. It's not Preparation on purpose. Preparation for this? It's not on purpose oh. anymore. I've can say that with complete impunity. Anyways, but... Yeah, that's fun things to discover about one another mm-hmm. like that. Um, There's way more to look forward to, I promise, in marriage. Yeah, that, no, but, for sure. Yeah. I feel like we've got time for one more question. I want to find a good one. Um, you answer this one, I'll answer it too, but I want to hear your first thought. Do you have to be financially stable before you're married? Um, I would say not necessarily. I mean, I don't know any young kids generally, you know, we're younger when we get married who is financially stable, but I think just, again, hopefully they love the Lord. Like you kind of alluded to earlier, they're already giving and just using their money wisely. So how, again, God's not going to give us all a ton of money, you know, whatever. So how do they spend their money? And again, just hopefully communicating goals and that you're on the same page is super important. So, yeah, God's not going to give you what he's gifted you to build. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage you to remember that. And I wouldn't, I don't know what stable even means, like financially stable, like that's different for everybody. You know, like depending where you're at in life, that could change. So, 
thanks for doing this. Yep. You, you look good, by the way. <laughs> I would say uh, if you have other questions that, I mean, we had a, a stack of these that we didn't get to just because of time, but uh, you can take us out to P.F. Chang's and we'd be happy to answer whatever questions that you might have. And, um, or for real, like if you have stuff that you're struggling with, just email us. We'd, I mean, nothing's off, off limits. We'll help you in whatever way we can. So, 